Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here. And uh, we, we've spoken to Brock Miller before. Uh, we've, we've had him on the phone, but he's generous enough to spend some time with us here in the studio. Uh, he's uh, made some news earlier this week announcing his retirement from basketball. He had an extra year of eligibility, but calling it uh, calling it a day for Utah State. But, Brock, thanks for coming down. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, first of all, just what... Uh, I know that it can't be an easy announcement to make, right? I mean, you've been at Utah State for a long time, but to finally say you're you're done with basketball, what was that process like, and how hard was that for you? Yeah, you know, it was it was a tough process, obviously, and but my current situation with my health, um, it wasn't as hard as you know I thought that it was going to be physically. Um, you know, I've taken a beating on my body the last year and a half or so, and. Throughout the course of my career, I've battled injuries and stuff. So physically, it was a pretty easy decision. But mentally and emotionally, it is kind of tough to let go because I've been playing basketball for 20 years about. Um, you know, I'm 25 years old, and it's been a big part of my life. So obviously, a new new change. It's a new adjustment, new way of life. It's, it's definitely tough. But the process getting here has been just a lot of lot of uh, chats and talks with doctors coaches and Bailey and my family and it's just as wise for me to to stop physically so that I can keep doing you know things that I need to do as a normal person and not not mess it up so you know physically easy emotionally and mentally it's it's pretty tough but also kind of excited and looking forward to what's next and it started last year, if I'm not mistaken, didn't it? Yeah, it did. So last last year we had a there was a COVID outbreak where Wyoming, you know, those guys had COVID and we couldn't play them. So we had a week stretch of practice, and by the tail end of that practice, uh, right up until we went to Boise State to play them twice, my back gave out that practice the day we left, and so I mean I couldn't walk, um, and it was. A situation where I haven't felt that much pain in a long time uh, in my back. I mean, I, I wasn't even able to put my socks and shoes on. Uh, the trainer had to do that for me for practices and shoot-arounds. And, I mean, I didn't even shoot around going into the game or practice, and I didn't practice the rest of the year. I would just show up and play, you know, 30 minutes twice a week uh, for the rest of the year. And uh, with with the back injury, so holy smokes! Wait, yeah. time out. You you weren't practicing, but you'd come in and still play thirty or so minutes of. Are you serious? Yeah. So like I didn't. I mean, we kept it kind of you know, confidential and not you know disclose any of that to the conference because we didn't want people knowing how bad my back was. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't practice, and um, you know, I would just do rehab throughout the whole time of practice and, you know, I had to wake up early. I'd have to do treatment before and after. Um, and then, you know, I would just get a good warm-up in before a game and play and 30 minutes. You could play in a game. Yep. Is, game. I had no idea, So bro. what was so – yeah. you'd go through week just receiving treatment and not practicing. Yep. You'd play a game. What was it like immediately after a game? <laughs> like how were you like even – functioning after a game yeah it was hard to get out of bed the next morning uh hard to move uh, it it um it was it was a tough situation and i you know i just figured whether i played good or bad i stretched the floor and during that time with Nimi and stuff he needed needed help with someone to space the floor so my goal even if percentages or points or whatever dropped the most important thing was helping the team win and my value was just to 
stretch the floor. So I would just go in and just try to do that, and that's all I could do the rest of that season last year. But I personally, looking back at it, I probably shouldn't have played, uh, but I did anyways, and I'm glad we did. We made it to March Madness last year. So, um, you know, going into that and with my back injury, going to this off season and my off season, you know, didn't start. Um, I didn't start workouts or doing live stuff until uh, middle of September. So I took the whole summer off and didn't do anything. I didn't really get to have an off season. And Coach Odom came in and, you know, he told me, you know, he's really excited and wanted to keep me around and was willing to work with me. So got to a point where I got up to about, you know, 65%, um, 60, 65% to the beginning of the year, uh, this year. And so, you know, I was able to make it through, I don't even know how many games I was able to get in. I think like half the year this year. So did you feel like that percentage of health went down as you were playing game by game? Yeah. And I was able to maintain it, you know, decent throughout the course of the season. But I mean, you know, even that Oklahoma game at Myrtle Beach, I had I got taken out and I had to do rehab uh, outside during the middle of the game because I had pain going through my back. And then I was able to come in, luckily, and finish the game. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been dealing with that. And, I mean, I had – that's why I sat out the Portland State game before Christmas, came back, and I had no business playing at Air Force physically. That was a bad situation. And so – you know, I told coach, I was like, I can't function right now. And so I, that's why I took that six, seven-week break in the middle of the, the season before I came back and just tried to go for it again. How did you so, feel going into the tournament? Um, which tournament? Sorry, Mount West Conference tournament. Mount West Con- yeah, not good. I wasn't good physically. Uh, and I mean, you just haven't been. And it just was at a point to where, like, you know, talking to the doctors too, I mean, it – they mentioned it was a very, very low risk of making my back worse. It was just of managing the pain mm. level. So it was just excruciating pain, things I went through. But um, at the end of the day, you know, as far as leadership opportunity and things I could do off the court, I just took advantage of that opportunity to try to help the guys as much as I could, um, you know, with communication, leadership, and sharing experience and kind of just being there for them uh, as much as I can. But, you know, props to Coach Odom and his staff. They they were really good to me and uh, were able to kind of give me that, that opportunity to just be be a part of it. Bro, can, sorry, Eric, can I just ask, with that now knowing what you went through, because I had no clue and I don't know if you did, Eric, either, but knowing that now and with what the – you guys don't – you know, you hear everything, social media, whatever the people or yeah. fans are saying about you. Did that bother you at all? Like, you're like, guys, I'm playing on a broken back. Like, I'm pretty much broken half right now. Did that bother you? I mean, no. They, I mean, fans have the right to be upset if they want to be. I mean, we Utah State, we have a winning culture, and fans love winning, and I love winning too. So I don't, I don't blame them. I've, I've been criticized my whole career, but I've also had a lot of support as well. So... It's almost like you either hate me or you love me, <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> and so, you know, I. But the main thing is, at the end of the day, what I what I'm happy about, and like you, like you said, does it bother me? No. And why is because you know I've been part of teams that have won. You know, we've had two conference championships, one regular season championship, multiple co- uh, different tournament championships. You know, we've had 
great runs, three March Madness appearances if it weren't for COVID that one year, which I thought we would have won a few games and made a run. Um, and then obviously even making it to the NIT this year, you know, with a new coach, new team, with a huge turnover. I mean, that's what I'm most proud of is winning and just being part of that. And that's what matters to me the most and all the criticism and stuff. I mean, it is what it is, you know, and it, I would rather have criticism or critics than not to have anything of people who don't care about the university. So yeah, great, answer. great attitude. Again, we're talking to Brock Miller, uh, Aggie basketball player who's had a great career at USU. And uh, when you took to social media to say thank you and make your announcement, uh, one part of it really stuck out to me, and it was in this middle section. You thank Coach Morrill, Coach Jones for helping you become an Aggie. Then you thank Coach Durie, Coach Smith, and Coach Odom uh, for helping you become the player and, and person that you've become. That's a lot of different head coaches it is. Uh, that are involved. <laughs> and yes. just, that just illustrates the just kind of transition of period that we've seen at Utah State for a little bit of time here. And mm-hmm. you've been in the thick of all of that. And yes, it's, I have. But through all that, though, there's still, as you said earlier, there's still a standard of winning and, and success here at Utah State. Right. And, I mean, looking back at it, obviously, so Ryland, Chris Jones, Ryland's dad, was, the, was you know, an assistant here, and he's the one that got me here with Stu Morrow. I committed to Stu. Stu, Stu leaves while I'm on my mission. Come back. Duryea is my coach for one year. Duryea leaves, then Smith comes in. So then my career kind of – began there but I mean I just think about when I first got here and even talking with Sam and Abel and these guys and Diogo I mean we we weren't filling up the spectrum at all that first season that I was back I was back to 18 or 17 18 I think or 18 19 uh, it, I've been here forever but uh, <laughs> it's all blur yeah it's all blur now <laughs> but I mean we, we were hardly filling up the student section and people and I mean we just haven't been winning at the time and you know one of our biggest goals was you know how how in the world are we going to bring the spectrum magic back like that's the biggest thing and it was easy answer is winning so how are we going to win and we we're able to turn it around and uh you know it was fun to be a part of that with the guys and to be on such great teams with such great coaches um the cool part about playing for different coaches is you learn so many different cool qualities about each one of them um, but also it is kind of tough having a new transition because you also have trainers, strength coaches, all the assistants, uh, everything is just totally new. So the adjustment is, you know, it's, I've been in the thick and thin of it all. Um, but luckily, uh, I've had opportunities to kind of help turn this thing around and hopefully we can, uh, maintain it. I'm confident coach Odom's going to be able to do that. You've always been such a, a class guy, but I want you to be honest with me here. When you're on your mission and Stu Morrill steps down, Tim Dury's named the head coach, was there any thought in your head of maybe I should transfer, go somewhere else? Because I, I committed to Stu, as you said. Mm-hmm. But then Tim Dury's the head coach. Was there any thought to go somewhere else? What was your thought process in that regard? You know, I knew Coach Durie, um, you know, even before my mission. And when Stu Morrill first stepped down and I wasn't sure who the coach was, you know, I, I I was still on my mission, and I didn't want to, like, worry too much about it. Uh, quite honestly, I didn't really put too much thought in it. But, you know, my dad and I were talking, and, yeah, we're thinking about maybe when I come back, kind of just keep my recruiting open, um, but just to wait and see who the new coach was going to be. And then when I heard it was Coach Durier, um, you know, I was just like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I'll stay and play it out. I mean, him and uh, Coach Spencer Nelson, uh, they – 
you know, were Skype. I think it was Skype, not Zoom. I want to say yeah, Zoom, Skype, but it's yeah. not Zoom anymore. Zoom wasn't yeah. really good. Yeah, it that was did. Skype. So they Skyped me in Argentina, and, you know, we had a good talk and said, you know, we want to keep you. We really want you bad. And, you know, I knew Sam was, was obviously going to stay and Abel and those guys. So I was just like, you know what, why not? Why not stay and try it out, you know, and, uh, and see how it goes. So I did, and I'm glad that I chose to stay in Aggie. Uh, Brock, I got to ask you about social media. Yeah, be smooth. Yeah. How did yeah. you come up with your Twitter handle? <laughs> That's hilarious. That happened back in like middle school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I haven't changed it since. I mean, I've I've had so many nicknames with my alopecia that I have. I mean, be smooth, bald eagle. You know, obviously now Mr. Clean. That's a good one, uh, which I is a great one. one. Still to this day. So many, and I just loved loved be smooth. So I just haven't changed it since middle school. <laughs> <laughs> So the your Aggie career is now officially done. I mean, you yep. had this opportunity for an extra year because of COVID, which is weird. I mean, how many years? Should have gotten my doctorate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So <laughs> extra time in, you know, on campus. But so what's what's next? I mean, basketball is now done. But yeah, what's what's next for you and your family and, and turning to life after basketball? Well, got to find a job, start making money. So. Um, you know, first things first, we're going to stick around in the Valley for at least another year. We want, we love Logan, Bailey and I, and our family. We love being here. Uh, we love the people. So, and we have opportunities here. So we'll, I'll go ahead and I'll work for EP Wealth with Brady Jardine um, here in the next month or so. And then I'll also be doing a side business, a golf simulator called Lynx Indoor Golf. Uh, we're launching first week of June. Uh, this summer, actually, we'll have four golf simulator bays just right on Main Street across from the Harley-Davidson store. So I'll be doing those two businesses um, and working that way and kind of just being around here and still doing stuff for people with alopecia as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, that's a big deal to me. Um, so, yeah, and then we'll just be living here in the Valley and come to some games next year and um, – and just enjoy enjoy life moving forward that way and obviously you know is getting as healthy as i can now without pounding my back into the ground and uh on the on the hardwood so uh, i'll be doing a lot of rehab and just kind of getting to where i can i can golf and and do the things that i love doing with my family and try to stay out of pain that way i want to go down memory lane with you but before we do golf simulator like like in like indoor golf like outdoor golf or like how is this yeah, so the name of it's Lynx Indoor Golf. So it's an indoor golf facility to where people can come in and get a membership or pay hourly, and they can come in and uh, and golf. You know, anytime anytime they want to, there'll be a passcode with the membership. They can come in and golf. You know, whether it's two in the morning or three in the afternoon, <laughs> uh, it'll be a fun fun deal. I, I figured, you know, in in Logan uh, during the winter there can be. A lot of times where there's not much to do and so i know that there's a lot of people that love golfing and also love just hanging out and being social so we'll have a lot of tvs soda machine and different things there too where families and people can come and have a good time during the winter time when it's cold so uh, it'll be a fun business and a fun opportunity as well for um, people that haven't golfed i mean i think about our golf team as well they have a hard time with weather you know, and uh, 
also high school golf teams here in the Valley have a tough time with weather because it gets so cold in Logan. So it's also providing opportunities for golfers to have an indoor facility uh, outside of weather to be able to come in and work on their game as well. So, But it can also be kind of a top golf of Logan in a way too because there's a lot of fun games that families can just come and play and they don't have to actually play 18 holes of golf on the simulator. So, yeah, it'll just be a fun fun family and uh, and professional business. That's pretty awesome. Nothing opens up. I'm I'm there. That's that's all. I, yep. I suck you at need, golf. Right you after Memorial Day, golf really badly, but I'll 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 be good by the end. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll be we're hiring pros, people to come in and teach lessons. So are you really? Yeah, you guys can come in and get some lessons oh, and uh, work on your you game and get good. Team, so quit looking at me like you're all good. <laughs> Eric and Ajay be coming in. So. Stop it. First week, first week of Maybe June, we launched. That's a lot great. of work no, that's on great. Right yeah. Congratulations on yeah, that. That's thank awesome, Brock. We're, we're happy for you. Yeah, we're hey, excited. Can we go down memory lane really quickly with yeah, you for a little it. bit? Uh, yeah. You had, like Eric said, an incredible career, really memorable. Um, I, I hate to skip that Tim Dury a year, but I'm going to so we can get to the, the good stuff. But Kay. your first Mountain West Conference championship, you mm-hmm. guys run through. You guys get through New Mexico. I shouldn't say run through. Get through New Mexico. Yeah. Get to Barely. the championship, face San Diego State, which who know? I mean, who would have thought? First of three matchups in the same game in the Mount West title. How cool is it to win your first Mount West Conference championship with Sam and all your good friends? And what was that opportunity like? It was so cool. Well, we were predicted to take ninth yeah, in conference right. that year. Yeah. No one, no one thought we even had a chance. Like not even close. I mean, the only people that, honestly, the only people that believed that we were going to win was the coaches and us players. That was it. I would agree. That was it. No one, no one believed in, and rightfully so. I mean, we just have been finishing middle bottom of the Mountain West for the last however many years. And, uh, you know, obviously the transition to the Mountain West was tough on Utah State, going from the WAC to the Mountain West. So we've had issues there. So, I mean, with Smith coming in and us knowing and our desires of wanting to win, it was really sweet what we were able to accomplish. I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, even thinking about just going up until that conference tournament, we beat number 12 in the country, Nevada, at home. That's right. On senior that was, night. That's right. You know, that's when Bean was crowd surfing and doing his thing. We're number 12. I mean, young Bean and, you know, <laughs> Quinn, Quinn Taylor's uh, senior year. And, I mean, we go and we split. So we actually won the regular season as well, which was cool, too. I mean, we no one gave us the trophy. No one thought we were going to win. Nevada got the trophy and all that stuff, which was kind of a bust. But, we were, we cut down nets at the spectrum and you know it was still that thing of you know we haven't earned the respect yet so we went in with an edge still in that conference tournament and we were able to come up with some huge wins i mean that new mexico game came down to the wire uh, sam had like four fouls with like the 9 minutes left like wasn't 9 it? minutes left yes. in the game Honestly, those I I never blame refs, but I mean they, those are some crappy calls. And I mean he he nine minutes left, four thousand still come away, and he, he took over, and <laughs> you know Sam doing Sam things. But I mean it's just it was incredible. And then we totally thought that we were gonna play Nevada again, most likely, because I mean being number twelve in the country, you know yeah. you'd, you'd think that them being on the other side of the bracket, they would make it to the championship. But San Diego State was good, and they. Took it to him and we matched up with them and and we were able to come away with the victory there, which was an incredible feeling. You know, it was kind of it was kind of one of those feelings like, man, we haven't won for a long time. We've been wanting to turn it around. We've been through this. We've only believed in ourselves. So it was extra sweet 
when we got to that, and we proved a lot of people wrong. Do you remember after the Nevada game, the fire extinguisher incident? Did you ever, Were you guys inside the locker room, or where were you when that all happened? Well, Bean was crowd surfing, so he doesn't know anything that happened. So <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to him about that. Uh, no, so, I mean, we go up to the locker room, and uh, it happened before he, he punched the fire extinguisher, Jordan did, before I got up to the locker room. But when I went up there, there were multiple guys close, kind of where the fire extinguisher was to the door of the locker room. Was That's where how far distant I was from all them. So I just got in the locker room and, you know, Abel came in and made sure everyone and crew, making sure everyone, like, hey, like, stay inside, stay in the locker room. Like, they want to fight, you know, and go at it. So it was, it was kind of a crazy deal. Our strength coach went out there and kind of, calm things down a little bit but uh i don't know what happened if someone actually said something or whatever i don't know what the reason was um but yeah that was a crazy incident and you know bean comes up and he's like oh what happened (laughs) 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 it was it was was pretty funny but yeah that was a crazy it was a crazy deal it was a crazy game but man what a fun game to win do you have other games that, uh, or, or maybe not necessarily games, but moments in games that really stand out to you when you reflect back on your career at Utah State? Uh, I just think about Oklahoma this season. That was really cool. Uh, I thought, you know, again, it's the same situation. You know, we had Nimi leave, Marco Raleigh left, Alfonso left, other guys left, Coach Smith left, come in, new coach. You know, I think it was me, Steven, Justin and Trevin and like a couple other guys that were kind of returning to the <clears throat> same team that went to March Madness the previous year. We go in pretty early in the season. You know, we go to double overtime with Princeton, you know, and then we we beat New Mexico State pretty well who won a game in March Madness. Yeah. And then we also beat Richmond the previous who also won a game in March Madness. And then we go and we beat a good Oklahoma team for for a title there at Myrtle Beach and that was that was an awesome experience. Another one was Jamaica, uh, mm-hmm. Sam senior year, and uh, we go we beat Florida and, and LSU, which was a, which was a really cool. No, I don't think we we didn't beat. It was the Orange Bowl Classic was Florida, um, LSU, and I forget the the team before. Was it, wasn't South Florida, was it? Because you guys went from oh it was South Florida. It was South, South Florida. Florida. So South Florida, and then we played LS, LSU and beat LSU. Is that when you that. went from the Toyota Center to Florida to go play two straight games? Was that that trip, that long trip? You yeah, played it was in that. Houston, and then when you went to Florida and played in the Orange Bowl Classic. Was yeah, that, and that, that was that was against Florida, but I'm not talking about that. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about when we went to Jamaica. Yeah, and that was after we went. Okay. To that long okay, stretch, gotcha. so we went to the long stretch and we came back. I think we had like one or two home games, then we flew out to Jamaica. <laughs> so it was that was a cool experience. Was too. that the Diogo Burrito post game, riding the little dinosaur or whatever? That was in the uh, conference. That was in the conference tournament. I think Diogo's. Let's freaking go. Senior year. Was that his senior year? Yeah, that might have been senior year. I think I, I want to say it was in Jamaica. There was like some like dinosaur. Oh, yeah, it was, like ja- it was Jamaica. That was against oh, yeah, the yeah, like dinosaur. Game. Like, he was the vocal point of the. I remember your SID uh, yeah. called him. was like, yeah. does anybody know what happened here? Well, I'll <laughs> tell you what happened is Diogo had a monster dunk against LSU. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. And he played really well that game. And we made a huge. I think we're down like 20 at halftime. Came back and won. So. You know, Diogo did that. Fans, people can be like, why did he do that? But my man had a nasty dunk, and we came back from 20, so he can do what he wants. 
<laughs> so that was that was a fun memory. And then again, that second, uh, you know, Mount West Championship, Sam hitting that shot, that whole tournament. I mean, what do you average? Like thirty, probably like yeah. twenty-seven something. And uh, you know, winning that cut down nets twice in a row was pretty awesome. And then you know, obviously one one game that I really loved was uh, okay. I didn't really love, but for me personally, I had a lot of fun playing against Washington. Uh, that, oh, yeah. that, uh, my freshman year, you know, I felt like I had a pretty decent game overall as a team. We didn't play that well. Um, but it was so fun to have North Carolina fans, you know, cheering Rooting for us for you guys, yeah. and having a huge atmosphere of March Madness before COVID. I mean, win or lose that game. It wasn't a great game as a team collectively, but I had so much fun on that trip. That was, that was a cool taste of what it was. And it kind of, set the standard to me and and to the rest of the guys is like we don't want anything less than that every year you know we want to win we want to be in the tournament i mean we don't want to go to nit we want to be in the tournament and so you know that memory of getting there and winning that first championship set the standard for the next few years of you know it changed the whole dynamic of it obviously we worked work toward it and then we got there and it's like all right how are we going to stay here so i think that was a pivotal moment eric brought up a great point one time he said one of the most saddest years in usu men's basketball history is the tournament that you didn't get to go to in 2020 oh man when you guys had won the tournament that second year you were loaded you were deep you were confident and then the tournament gets canceled what was that moment like when you guys found out you guys wouldn't be complaining in the NCAA tournament? That was a tough moment. I mean, I just – I remember we were on our way to practice and, you know, thinking there's still a chance that – you know, because Coach Smith was like, hey, it's like if there's no fans, would you guys still be down to play? And we're like, yeah, duh, obviously we'll play without fans. It's not the same, but we'll, we'll still play. It's March Madness, you know. So, you know, we're going thinking that there's still hope and a chance. And then we get a text right before we get to the locker room. says, season's over, meeting on the floor. So I changed out of my practice gear. We went down and we had a meeting and a lot of tears and a lot of disappointment. Um, and I, you know, for me, I was just like, you know, I still have a couple of years left. I felt extremely bad for, you know, Sam, Diogo, and Abel. Uh, you know, especially... You know, the way Sam was playing, too, and, you know, <laughs> Nimi and those guys and everyone, I mean, we for sure were going to make a run. I had no doubt in my mind we were going to make a run, and it's, it's easy to say that because we didn't play, but I truly believe that. And, uh, I mean, we just – we had a great team that year. And so it was unfortunate, but it is what it is. And so, you know, and, you know, I just – again, just thinking about Sam Abel and Diogo and those guys, I mean, it's just – I thought it was a lot tougher on them, <laughs> even though it was tough on us. Oh. Again, we're talking to Brock Miller, a uh, great basketball player at Utah State who's been an Aggie for a long time. Uh, and uh, outside of basketball, we, we spoke to you, it was earlier this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we did talk about, about kind it. of a passion project that you mm -hmm. have, and you alluded to it as well, about uh, helping kids with alopecia, and yeah. particularly youth, right, and giving them opportunities and making sure they know, like, hey, you can still do a lot of cool stuff. And it, it's shouldn't define you and to talk about how that's progressing and what you're involved with there yeah you know i've i felt uh not too long ago about two two years ago probably year and a half two years i just been thinking about i was thinking about my experiences as a youth growing up and with alopecia and the different situations and things i went through and how social media has evolved and how it can be a nasty world out there too for 
kids that are quote unquote different uh, from the general, you know, people in everyday life. And, uh, you know, alopecia is one of those things that people aren't really aware of either. Um, you know, for example, you know, my wife had no clue what alopecia was until she met me. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will assume that, you know, I have some sort of cancer or some sort of different, um, you know, illness uh, that's not alopecia. I mean, it's just one of those things that people don't don't know much about. And, it, you know, and people have, you know, watched me on TV and with these games and stuff that have reached out to me through Facebook that have said, hey, like, thanks for what you do. My kid has alopecia. He's having a hard time. Could we talk to you sometime? And so I had a few kids come up to some games um, and spend time with me, had pregame meal with me. Uh, one of them was a male, so he was able to come in the locker room and stuff and meet the guys. And he was down there for warm-ups. And, you know, that started to kind of hit me that I had an opportunity to help kids out. And so from that time and those experiences, I decided to get on social media and start a page called Alopecia Family and to try to connect and build a family unit to where people can find help. You know, I went to a, went to lunch with a kid um, about a year ago, and he'd been going through a hard time and hadn't met anybody with alopecia like, like he does. And to me, that blows my mind with the internet and with the access that we have today is... I wondered how in the world did he not find somebody to connect with? So that was my whole idea is how can I be that bridge for kids and people, even older people that have it, you know? And so whether I can affect one person or thousands, whatever it is, or hundreds, it doesn't matter as long as I just can help in any way. So that's what I've, I've created the page. We've got close to, I think, 300 followers about in a year, which has been fun and had a lot of cool articles on it and and people a lot of people have reached out and you know i've i've put out some uh merch merchandise that has like an alopecia logo on it that people can buy and what i'll do with the money that i make is i'm going to do a, an event this summer so i'll invite a lot of people with uh, alopecia to come and just have fun and get together get to know each other type of thing this summer so i'm also doing that um you know, just a lot of fun things, but I've been able to connect with so many people and it's, it's made me realize that that's what life's all about is giving, you know, and giving back and, and helping and using your talents for good. And so that's, that was my goal with basketball. You know, that's my approach to it is be the best that I can be, help Utah State win, help my team win and help other people. So that's the approach I took. Very cool. And, and alopecia in the news this past week with yeah, the whole Will Smith, deal. Jada Smith thing. Was, so. Yeah, I talked to Dave with KSL about it too the other day. Crazy um, deal. Well, Brock, before we let you go, before I set you free, uh, give you a chance to thank anybody you want to thank right now here and send a message to them, and, and then we'll, uh, yeah. we'll call good. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll, I just want to first thank my wife, Bailey, for her support uh, and my new little baby boy, and uh, grateful he was able to come to the last game against Oregon and – See dad hit a shot. So that's pretty cool, cool, actually. Pretty cool. cool. Um, You know, thankful for her. I mean, she just, just thinking about the hours that I would spend with my back every day. I mean, I was eight, nine hours a day, probably between rehab, practice, rehab. And she was so supportive and willing to help me while being pregnant and going through the stuff that she was going through and me not being around and doing all these things and she's just has been awesome 
and so I couldn't have done it without her. You know, I got to thank my family, obviously. Um, you know, I've come from a rich tradition of basketball in the Miller family, and they've helped me every step of the way. Uh, you know, like I said in my announcement, all the coaches that have helped me get here and have helped me throughout my career, thank you guys for that. Fans, thank you for everything. Um, you know, just grateful for the Spectrum Magic. That's that's one of the main reasons, probably 70% of the reason why I came, honestly, is for the fans here. I loved it when I grew up. In, I'm a local guy from from Utah, so coming up and watching games, I mean, it's just – it was awesome. So I can't thank you guys enough in the community for being so kind and coming up to Bailey and I at restaurants and different places and saying hi and for all your support. And to you guys, all the media, the administration at Utah State, athletic department, I mean, everybody really just had so much thanks and gratitude for such a fun career. It's been, it's been so fun and excited to kind of be around still and, and still, you know, be – be relevant here in the valley and to help in any way that I can and um, enjoy people and and help with uh, even if it's helping with recruiting you know with the new business or whatever it is you know just uh, I'm an Aggie for life I love the Aggies Brock we can't tell you much and we appreciate you and what you meant to Aggie Nation and your class and integrity and and the way you've always dealt with adversity like I said it's just been incredible to watch and the great basketball player on the court, better human off the court, no doubt. So thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate your guys' time today. Absolutely. Thanks, Brock. Yep.